0: Hello, and welcome to The Formal Review. Today, we'll be talking about the 2021 film, Tick, Tick, Boom. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this movie. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to The Formal Review. This is season four, episode 27, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. Now, in this episode, I will be talking about musicals, movie musicals, and then giving an analysis on this film rendition of a stage musical, so stay tuned. So, for those who don't know me, I want to do a little bit of an intro. So, I've been a huge fan of musicals ever since I was a child. I was very privileged to be able to see a lot of them on stage during my lifetime and I've grown immensely fond of a lot of them. I've seen Wicked, Les Miserables, Sound of Music, Billy Elliot, We Will Rock You, Phantom of the Opera, and many, many others. My personal favorites are Wicked, Billy Elliot, Avenue Q, Les Miserables, and also Book of Mormon. I've also been in a few as well, but where did all that start? and that's musical films. And if you're listening, you obviously know I have a huge love of movies, but one specific genre that my parents pushed on me was the musical film genre. Now, almost everyone my age has obviously has the Disney musicals, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about musicals like Wizard of Oz, West Side Story, Mary Poppins, Sound of Music, Chitty Chitty, Bang Bang. Live action was where it was that because they usually start people that could actually sing. Then they moved on to names of actors over people who could sing such as Audrey Hepburn over Julie Andrews. While that got Andrews her role in Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady was Andrews' role to begin with on stage. Hepburn only had the name at the time. Anyway, nowadays they've either kept this formula like in Sweeney Todd or La La Land or they've moved on to almost a hybrid of these like in The Greatest Showman or they completely changed it back to the singing category like in In The Heights. Now the musical film obviously developed from the stage musical after the emergence of Sound film technology. Typically the biggest difference between the two is obviously the use of different backgrounds and locations that obviously would be impractical in a theater. The performance would however still treat their song and dance numbers as if a live audience was watching. Now the first big musical film was Victor Fleming's The Wizard of Oz as it experimented with new technology such as Technicolor. Then in the 40s and 50s musical films became more regular and relied on the star power of such film stars such as Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, and also Judy Garland. They also relied on the songwriters and the most famous ones were obviously Rodgers and Hammerstein and the Gershwin brothers. Then in the 1960s, films based on these stage musicals continued to be critical in box office successes. But in the 70s, the film zeitgeist and the changing demographics of filmgoers moved more toward gritty realism while the theatricality of musicals was seen as old-fashioned. Then throughout the 80s and 90s, Disney animated films were the majority of musical films now. in the first century. The musical genre was reborn, now with darker musicals, more musical biopics, musical remakes, epic drama musicals, and comedy drama musicals. on Rouge, Chicago, Walk the Line, Dreamgirls, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Les Miserables, and La La Land, all of which have won a Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture in a musical or comedy in their respective years. While such films such as The Fan of the Opera, Hairspray, Mamma Mia, Nine, Into the Woods, The Great Showman, Mary Poppins, Returns and Men were only nominated. And then 2002's Chicago was also the first musical since 1968's Oliver to win Best Picture at the Academy Award. So we've had a lot of really great musicals mixed in there with some that aren't the best at the end of the day. Then at the end of 2021 it was revealed that we're going to be getting a new musical film maybe in 2023 or maybe 2024 for a on-screen rendition of Wicked that's going to start production next summer that's going to be starring Ariana Grande and Cynthia Arrival. And I really think that this cast was pretty good mainly because Ariana can Sing, I'm not against her and she also has this huge following of fans So I think that'll bring a lot of fans to the movie and also arrival can really really sing. She's amazing I've loved her for a really long time ever since she was in the color purple on Broadway. I love her singing I'm really a big fan of her. I cannot wait to see her as Alphaba. I think that's going to be a really good musical film However, it may be honestly a little late when it comes to an adaptation because this story honestly has been done a few times through other Disney Disney avenues and they've really always tried to come back to that and what I mean by that is taking a character that was traditionally villain and reinventing their origin story and making them a little bit more sympathetic like in Disney's Cruella or Disney's Maleficent it's a story that has been done before but wicked they don't own the rights to so I have a lot of hope for it I'm just wondering really how it will do and how it's going to be appreciated especially because it's kind of an older story that was was really dope when it first came out as an idea, but it's been obviously a really long time, so I'm not sure if the zeitgeist is going to be okay with it, but we'll see. Anyway, so what are my favorite musical films? Well, you're gonna have to wait to the end to hear that. Now on to this movie at hand. So let's sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this movie. as always i do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning i will say this is a autobiographical story at the end of the day if you know anything about the guy you know what happens in this story pretty much but as i always say go see the film before you hear what i have to say about it for you fully understand everything but if you don't care about that just keep listening also i know i talk about this at the end but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part so i want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services i do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there and I want to keep this entertaining so what do you want to hear do you want to hear games do you want to hear more of the 4k stuff do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie if you want to come on and talk to me about something if you want to debate I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media I always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and I will grow as such. Anyway so Tick Tick Boom is a biographical musical drama film directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda and was written by Steve Levinson. It is based on the stage musical of the same name by Jonathan Larson which in itself was a semi autobiographical story about his writing about his journey to write a musical to enter the industry. It stars Andrew Garfield, Robin de Jesus, Alexandra Shipp, Joshua Henry, Judith Light and Vanessa Hudgens. So for those who don't know Jonathan David Larson was the American composer, lyricist, and playwright who explored the ideas of multiculturalism, addiction, homophobia in his work most famously in his musicals Rent and Tick Tick Boom. He unfortunately passed away in 1996 after suffering an aortic dissection which was believed to be caused by an undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. At the time unfortunately the doctors who treated him misdiagnosed it as either the flu or just stress and then it was realized after the fact that if the aortic dissection had been properly diagnosed and treated with the correct surgical repair he most likely would have lived. After his passing, he has received three Posthumous Tony Awards and a Posthumous Pulitzer Prize for Drama for his rock musical Rent. Now, the musical rendition of this story was completed in 1991 and it explored themes of self-doubt and fear of failure while also pushing many audience members to follow their dreams in spite of all odds. And these were themes that Miranda also brought into his film. Another theme is, is the idea of turning their years old for many people including myself turning 30 was or will be for others a moment that feels really crucial in life at this point many people are feeling that their lives should be set in stone and really ready to go and honestly that's not always the case now if at 30 you already have everything you've wanted and you're a very lucky person because not a lot of people do I'm not one of those people when I turned 30 I was not where I wanted to be professionally and felt there was so much more that I could have been doing and succeeded doing up to that point but I I didn't. Frankly, Turning 30 is this point in life where a lot of people realize that achieving dreams may not be as easily as we once thought it was. It is a time where personal relationships, friends, dreams, and everything in between really starts to become more serious, and there's almost this sense of urgency. And the film, and supposedly the stage version because I have not seen it, demonstrate this moment absolutely fantastically. As the story progresses, the death toll of Larson's friends, afflicted with the AIDS virus, builds into in the background and the viewers basically feel this terror of an era before modern medicine. The story basically shows that everyone is short on time, whether that be time on this earth or really just time with your friends. And this is something that I personally have realized over the past few years. Unless you live near every single one of your friends and family members, time is really short with them. We drive to succeed in life and we sometimes put those people on the back burner. Now life is filled with moments in time and frankly, as 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 we get older, these moments will become less and less frequent. Death honestly can come at any time. So we need to value those moments in the moment more significantly. For me, I lost somebody a few years ago unexpectedly and now I'll never see him again. And it's one of those things that even though it's not the same journey as Larson went through with his friends, I attached myself to this message. And you see the concepts of looking at life and that humans aren't immortal. And these ideas are something that will inevitably affect almost everyone. And this message is what really the character of John goes through in the film. Basically recognize the value of not just focusing on himself, but also caring for others. And then also pressing through with the challenges of life. And by the end, John and also the audience get this reward from the works creator going past failure. And it goes back to the idea of you can fail six times, but you need to get up seven. And basically create something better than he had Previously, And in this digital age that we currently live in, people are struggling even more to be these purple cows and stand out as an individual. You want to be the first one to do something or create content that goes viral. And this puts a lot of pressure on the mind to create something that is not really true to ourselves. Larson struggled with this without the world of social media. And many people can attach themselves with this struggle, especially those who are in the content creating community. It's a big Question of how does one turn one's own life into a work of art? Because Larson originally wrote that tick meant compromise and boom meant perseverance. And this back and forth between these two concepts is something that exists not only in the obvious title, but throughout the story and then the music. John works in this Manhattan diner and this signifies the perseverance that was required to pursue his dream of writing his first musical. Then when he goes to this market research job, it represents compromise as it is the one that took his friend away from theater. And there's multiple other examples of this debate that most likely everyone will have at some point in their lives. And this is what gives the audience a reason to attach themselves to his story. Frankly, Garfield as Larson is absolutely amazing and frankly, this is one of the best performances I've seen all year. Garfield seriously has been putting out role after roll of amazing performances that sometimes gets overlooked in preference of others. For me, his best role is in Scorsese's Silence, but this film really solidified him as someone whom we need to see more of in film. He does. Doesn't have to be Spider-Man or even Larson. He only needs to be in a film and I will go see him at this point. The supporting cast was also great especially from De Jesus' Michael who is the best friend who quit his acting for an advertising career and there's also this really amazing moment in the film that really felt similar to the final battle in Avengers Endgame. Now especially for those who love theater and also musical theater. Now in the song Sunday there's this entourage of Broadway stars including Raisin in the Sun, Tony winner Fleischer shot Tony Winner Bernadette Peters two time Tony winner and Broadway dancing legend and star of the original productions of West Side Story and Chicago Cheetah Rivera three stars of the original production of Rent And these were just the few that I personally love but there are many more in this moment that really show honestly the greatness of it. This being Miranda's first directional attempt is not a bad one. He gives the film a new structural element with cutaways to John performing the musical on stage and this allows the audience to see the end result while also getting a view into Larson's real life and how it impacted his writing ability. Now this film honestly is a much more polished film than one would expect from a first-time director but there aren't very many. Many new attempts made by Miranda that really jump off the screen. Having said that in no way bad and this is something that he hopefully will become better at as he directs more projects. Now some say that there's no emotional heart or drive to the songs but when one really focuses on their meaning to John's life and the themes behind it, it's more than just bits that lay the ground for future work. Having said that, the film doesn't really tap into the message of the film until Michael reveals that he contracted the age virus and has a very limited time left with John. After this, everything really just falls into place. The film could have gotten to the theme a little faster because it is the key component that pushes the story along. Luckily, the runtime is short that mostly makes up for this so it doesn't feel too off-putting. The only thing obviously that I would say about that is that the first two thirds of the film feel a little slow but the final third of the film is extremely compelling and meaningful. So the film really hits with its acting, its story, and the themes but only does somewhat average when it comes to the details of the film and its direction. So now I'm going to give you my favorite movie musicals and I'm again and this is something that I've covered before but I'm not going to include the Disney animation because that's almost a genre by itself. So after multiple viewings I would say that In the Height has moved up to number five replacing The Wizard of Oz. This was a very difficult decision but I've watched that film multiple times listened to the soundtrack so much which honestly I can say that I just love it more than The Wizard of Oz even though The Wizard of Oz is a classic I will say In the Height has become a staple in my musical watching experience. And then after that, for number four, it's My Fair Lady. Number three is The Sound of Music. And number two is the original West Side Story. I haven't watched the new one yet, so we'll see where that one comes in and I'll let y'all know when I do see that. And then number one is still to this day, Mary Poppins. Now, what did you think of Tick Tick Boom and then my list of musical films? Also, where does this film stand in your list and what is your list? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The Formal Review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at The Formal Review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash formal review and click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again again for tuning in and until next time watch your hands get vaccinated or if not wear a mask and i'll see you at the movies thanks for tuning in to another episode of the former review cheers and we'll see you next time